0: There's joy in every journey.
1: you found the Playmakers. Only on
0: 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas.
3: Paul Leander, Lindsey Brown with you on this Wednesday afternoon. We find ourselves staring into the abyss of a game six in Montreal between your Vegas Golden Knights and the Habs. But it's time to take a little look at how they see things on that side of the ice. And joining us now from Locked On Canadians is host Scott Matliss. Scott, thanks for coming on the program today, man.
1: Thank you so much uh, for having me. It's been been quite a series so far. So uh, I'm happy to talk about uh, everything that's happened because there's been So, so much happening.
2: Well, there's so much to like about Montreal's game right now, Scott. I don't think I'm the only one saying that that was definitely their best game of the series. And I've heard a lot of people, at least on Twitter, saying that that might be their best game of the season, dare I say, in decades of Montreal's history. So what was the most impressive aspect of uh, the Canadiens game last night for you? Like I said, lots to choose from, but what stands out?
1: I, I think the play of Nick Suzuki, which I know twists the knife for a lot of vegas fans but he was doing to mark stone what mark stone does to everyone else in the nhl last night and for a kid who's just 21 and still growing in this league to get three points he got the empty netter he helped uh set up the play to start uh to end with cole caulfield's goal on the power play he was everywhere he needed to be and he's showing that he's growing more and more we knew how talented he was after the bubble last year Uh, in toronto against the flyers and against the penguin and this year in the playoffs we're seeing him take it to an even further level he's smart he's everywhere he needs to be and he's just putting up buckets of points and he's doing so almost quietly he has 20 points in 26 playoff games not bad for a kid who's uh who's like i said not barely even 21 years old at this point
2: And you would think more people would be talking about him, but he happens to be line mates with Cole Caulfield and Tyler Toffoli. And Tyler Toffoli has gotten it done in so many senses for the Canadians after they signed him in in free agency this year. And then, you know, Caulfield comes up from the University of Wisconsin for years. Everybody's talking about the scoring talent of this kid. Everybody knocks him because of his size. But this is a league that is built for Cole Caulfield to, to succeed in. And so is it Suzuki taking a step more that... All of these, these players are kind of converging all at once, playing well together, and then elevating their game as they prove it to one another shift by shift.
1: I think the biggest thing is that uh, Dominique Ducharme and now Luke Richardson and Alex Burroughs have found everybody a spot that fits them. The fourth line with Corey Perry, Eric Stone, and Joel Armia works great. That line with Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Tyler Toffoli, it's, Three players who know where to be to get open, to put pucks on net or put pucks uh, in the net with pretty regular efficiency right now. They play such a smart game. And then you have the Philip Denot line, which is sticking to top lines like glue throughout the playoffs right now. By getting everyone in those roles that they're looking for and everything just kind of clicking into place, the Canadians have been able to just roll their lines out there and know what they're getting. It's not a question mark. You know what to expect from this line. They know what their linemates are going to do, and it all, it's all syncing together all, all at once, it looks like.
3: Scott Matlin is the host of Locked on Canadians, and where I stand on this, Scott, right now is, is as Montreal continues to advance. And I, and I equate it to the, uh, the fact that in Game 1, when the national TV partners cut away to the Montreal watch parties, they were at a bar. It was like 50 people at a bar, and now we're pushing the. Now we're cutting away during games, and it's hundreds in the streets in Montreal. And so, is this an effect of the idea that when this series was put together, there was an underestimation of the capability of this Montreal Canadiens team offensively and defensively, or is it the fact that everyone's kind of getting surprised by them at this point and? They're, and, and the Vegas Golden Knights now and other people who are watching the series find themselves in a little bit of a chase mode trying to catch up with this team.
1: I think both things can be true in that. I think going into the Toronto series, the running joke was Leafs in three, Leafs in two. You know, the Canadians don't have a chance in this series. And they were almost right. And then game five happened. And since they won that game in overtime, they've just gotten better and better, even though they've lost two games to Vegas. They haven't looked outmatched in those, and they've grown into this is what we need to do to be successful against Winnipeg. They stifled them at every opportunity. The Jets had no answer for anything Montreal did, and against Vegas, a team that's deep and plays a big physical style, is made for the playoffs, has guys who have been here since the team uh, was in the NHL or joined the NHL and has just been taking it to teams in the playoffs. They've done what they need to do, and I think – even with game one, that Vegas, like, okay, we can do this. And then Montreal came back. That game three, where uh, Vegas outplayed them the entire time and then Montreal managed to get it in overtime, it, it has a mental effect on that. This is a Canadian team that you might be able to bend them, but there's no break in this team right now. They're always going to push back. They're never going to make it easy on anybody. And that's got to be tough to match up with. And that's to say nothing of Carey Price, who's playing potentially the best hockey of his career. And that includes a year where he swept the NHL awards too.
2: I, I, it's hard to disagree. He's so far in the heads of the Golden Knights that they're passing up just normal shots at, at rebounds, at, at just any sort of attempt. And they're like, you know what? Let's hit a postage stamp crossbody and try to hit it bar down. And that's like Montreal's fan base. Montreal, like you guys have been through a few laps in the playoffs, and so I, I think if anything, the guarded nature of the buy-in is almost expected because you just understand when a when a team is doing all of the right things, all of the right. Little things like Montreal's doing, paying it forward to the hockey guys in every sense of the word. I'm not surprised that they dominate the Golden Knights as as much as they did last night because the Golden Knights haven't been willing to do that or at least unable to do that on a consistent basis and you led me right to Carey Price. It's perfect because he has been the, the overarching theme of this series. What will it take and is there something in the toolbox that the Golden Knights have that could knock him off this pedestal because I, after that backdoor save and Riley Smith on that pass for Max Pacioretty, I knew last night's game was over, but it was it could be pretty telling going forward too.
1: They need something from their forward core. I know that uh, Nick Wah has a couple of goals in this series, but all the offense is coming from their blue liners, and the Canadians have adjusted to that, and that they're trying to cut down those angles and uh, not give Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore as much space to operate in because that's where they got burned in Game One. And they're still sticking like glue to any Vegas forward around the net. In that, there's sticks in lanes. There's nothing is clean. Nothing is given easily, and it's frustrating Vegas. And they're not getting anything off the rush either because they're being slowed down uh, through the neutral zone there. And then things that are getting through right now, if Carey Price sees it, it's it's just not going in the net because he's locked in like that. It's a guy who's played high-level hockey since he, you know, for World Juniors in Canada and then in the AHL to win the Calder Cup, then into the NHL, um, the Olympics. This is his moment when the lights are brightest. Carey Price is his most dangerous. He's just locked in. If he can see the puck and the defense and the forwards are letting him see the puck, he's going to glove it. He's going to block her to places. He's all, everything he does is deliberate. And if Vegas can't get more Creative looks from their top line or even their uh, the misfits line, they're in trouble there because Montreal can just hem it, hone in on what they're doing right now and continue to frustrate uh, the Golden Knights' offense as it stands.
3: Paul and Lindsay playmakers here on this Wednesday afternoon, hanging out with Scott Matla. He is host of Locked On Canadians, covering Montreal. As a matter of fact, they just dropped their 400th podcast today. So,
2: oh, congratulations! That's a huge number
3: yeah we're we're
1: kind of shocked we sat down to record last night and i went oh well, I'm glad episode 400 had something good because I'm pretty sure, like, episode 300, they lost to, like, the Oilers in a boring game or something oh, like that. Man.
3: So it was nice
1: to celebrate.
3: Hey, Scott, as I mentioned, we're play- we're all playing a little bit of catch-up on, you know, and c- doing. there's a real quick learning curve just based on how the NHL season rolled out this year and playing Montreal and, and where the Knights are. And when Ducharme went down with the, the, the COVID the question and whatnot, you know, the assistant coaches, obviously Luke Richardson, stepped up, and Alex Burroughs, which is kind of weird. I actually have his personal hockey stick in my office right now just drop that casual uh, hey okay. just it's just casual um, um they didn't really miss you know there's no there's no missteps at this point they're still playing the same kind of quality hockey that we've seen throughout the playoffs is this and we talk about system all the time here in Las Vegas under Pete DeBoer is this just that Montreal system and that continuity that's been that's been put in place that a lot of people just are kind of realizing that is there
1: it's such a loaded question because obviously Dominique Ducharme took over on the bench when they fired Claude Julien during a uh, a waffling stretch earlier in the season, and then the team just kind of struggled to ever put together wins, and then the playoffs started. They started rough against Toronto, and then Ducharme kind of just figured it out, and once the system was in place, and I don't know if it's the vets, you know, just kind of brought everyone together, and they talked to the coach, and they got everything that they needed. Once it clicked, it's just locked in. It's... It's locked down, and like you said, that um, Alex Burroughs and Luke Richardson are on the bench right now, and the same system's there. They get the buy-in, and I know uh, they talked today about how Luke Richardson is a players coach. They love listening to him and that he's direct, but he's understanding. And Obviously, Alex Burroughs was a player up until a couple of years ago, and he's made a name for himself in the AHL on Laval with the Rocket, where they were absolutely outstanding this year, and he earned the call-up to the NHL. There's just something about this team that it's all clicking into place. And without Ducharme, who is still in contact with the team, so it's his system. And now that we see what it looks like at its best, it, it gives a lot of hope for Canadians fans going forward, especially going into next season.
2: Absolutely. And when everything's clicking, the only thing you can really do or or hope to do is to get your opposition off of their timing. And one of the big time narratives around uh, what's transpired and how we got here has been the Vegas Golden Knights' ineffectivity on the power play. So to ask you, because I think an overload would probably be a better approach at this point because then at least you can bunch Montreal together and then make them expand and, and make decisions on who to cover. If you're in the Vegas Golden Knights locker room, What do you try on this power play based off of your inside knowledge of the Canadians? Like, What was working for them, uh, at least for teams on the power play against Montreal this season? Because there's zero power play goals to be found right now.
1: If you can get the defense to kind of compact around Carey Price, there was a point in the season where I called it uh, the bodyguard system because Shea Weber and Ben Sherratt and Joel Edmondson were almost tethered to the posts around Carey Price's net. And now they're playing a little bit more freely. They're covering lanes, and Vegas is filtering everything back to the point. So the defense can cover guys down low because they don't have to chase anybody or try to force anyone out of the crease because the forwards aren't going there. And when they do, they get met by a bunch of guys who are six foot four, two 225 pounds, who, uh, quite frankly, don't want anyone to be there, and they make it their business to remove them from the spot. A little bit of uh, creativity. We know Petrangelo and Shea Theodore can do that. We've seen it in this series. Bring the offense in a little bit. Like you said, compact them and then try to get them moving, get Carey Price moving, because if he sees it or if he's stationary, it's like a brick wall in there right now. And if they continue to do that, the Canadian's penalty kill is good, but sooner or later you have to try something new. And I think that activating the defense and the forwards down low a little bit more is definitely the best way forward.
2: Yeah, for me, watching the Vegas Golden Knights power play kind of looks like that state fair ride where you're in that giant circle that starts spinning around and eventually gravity just pushes you back up against its own force. They're so far apart, and so I I think your (laughs) advice is very, very sound.
1: It's so strange because the Canadiens' penalty kill wasn't overly strong during the regular season, and then just like the offense and everything else in the postseason – Something just the switch just flipped, and they've killed something like 28 straight penalties now in the playoffs, which is
2: insane
3: absurdity. <laughs> insane.
2: Why not us? Why not now? Is a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. Never.
3: Scott Matla is host of Locked On Canadians, uh, joining us here this afternoon. Scott, appreciate the insight and uh, enjoy tomorrow night's Game Six. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. For all things Habs, subscribe to Locked On Canadians on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate Scott hanging out with us this afternoon, getting some insight from the Montreal perspective. All right. On the way, hoodies becoming the new must-haves.
0: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.